But we have a lovely FYP panel here for you of, of some of you guys. Just some of your uh, normal, average, all-American, not American. Taylor, are you not American? Slightly American. Slightly American uh, Find Your Place. Can you give it up for our Find Your Place panel? Come on, guys. Give it up for them. We just thought it'd be cool um, that you guys kind of heard some of their stories of how they got connected to our ministry and some of the things that God has done. Because I think sometimes we assume when we come to church and we see pastor, we see worship leader, we, we see people serve and we think, well, yeah, that just kind of happened overnight. But everyone has a story and everyone has a testimony. And I just thought it'd be cool to not only hear their story, so, some people in our ministry, some college students and young adults, but also to celebrate what God is doing within our ministry. And I just thought it'd be cool for you guys to hear from some of our people. So they're going to go down the row. And we're going to do a little FYP introduction. So if you'll tell me your name, and if you're a college young adult, and whichever, if you're a young adult, where you're working, if you're a college student, what are some, some, of, your, some of your activities? We've got a lot of room for activities right here. And so, uh, sir. Sure. My name's Taylor Reed. Um, I go to UCA, and I play football for the Bears. And I'm also in Shun's life group, and Andy's like a huge leader for me. He's kind of like a mentor for me, and I know God's put a huge uh, word on their hearts tonight, so I can't wait to hear that. Hi, my name is Rachel Missman. Um, I am now a young adult. I graduated in May. It's hard to believe, guys. Don't don't rush it. Um, yeah. I am now an elementary teacher, uh, and I'm in Rachel Spinks's life group, and I'm involved in Kid Life and the Connect team here. <laughs> Daniel doesn't know what to do with his hands. Ricky Bobby 2.0. <laughs> um, my name is Daniel Sandifer, and uh, I am a young adult. And uh, I actually work at Salter Construction here in town. Yeah. Is you, are you on? You push the button up. Say how now, brown cow. Thank you, Tyler. There you go. All right. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, let me see that one. Let me see that one. Okay, see ya. All right, continue. Let me start over. Uh, my name is Daniel, and I am a young adult. I work in town at a construction company called Salter Construction. We actually built Andy's frozen custard for y'all, so y'all are welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Wow. Give and take away. That's good. That's good. That doesn't apply. But, so. uh, I am in Tom Wyatt's life group, and I also serve in 412 and Dream Center on the weekends, and I am an intern under Josh Rawls and Luke Brown. Uh-oh. So. Uh-oh. Serve squad. Josh Rawls was down here. I was looking for him, but he's gone he, now. He, so. He's hiding. He's hiding. He, I can see him. Ma'am. Okay. Ready? Yes. Okay, I'm Caitlin Ellis. Um, I am a fifth-year senior. Come on, so Victory Lab, Victory Lab. It's I the am best here. year. Um, it's the best year. I, it's true. what else? Um, I'm an intern for the church. I interned under Jessie Hollis. She's amazing. Um, and then I am in Hallie Irwin's life group. Come and on. I love it. La, 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 la. Ba, 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 ba. Okay, y'all are a little slower tonight. It's okay. There was coffee in the foyer. I don't know if you got any. Just kidding. Okay, first question. First question. We're going to go quick. I, I would like to know, and inspired what y'all would like to know, I just think it's cool to hear how, and as pastor, I always ask people this question for you. How did you first come to Elevation? I'm talking like the first time you came to our church or New Life Church. Like, did someone invite you? Did you see on social media? Did someone pull you in here? How, what was your first time? How did you get up in this place? Yeah, for me, uh, I transferred here two or three years ago from Fayetteville to play football, and a guy named Garrett led a life group on the football team. And um, I think from there, a couple guys on the team invited me that came to Elevation, and that's where initially I started coming. Uh, my story's a little different. I started coming my freshman year. My best friend from high school, Elise Woods, had invited me, 
And I came here and there, and I went to the stand that year, but my heart just wasn't fully in it, so I never really got connected. And so I actually fell away for a while, for two years. You know, the whole college party scene, that was me. I was all up in that. And then in 2013, the fall, I was really at a low place, and some girls in another sorority actually invited me to come. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll give it a try again. I mean, I really could use some Jesus right now. And so I came to their life group. It was Corey Losher at the time. Now she's Corey Sisson. Yep. Um, and that just changed everything because I kind of got involved from there. So that year is where everything changed for me. Wow. Personally. That's awesome. Uh, for me, I moved to Conway in about beginning of February, maybe late January, uh, from Oklahoma. Go Thunder. thunder yeah, up. Thunder up, baby. <laughs> Sorry. Don't be so excited about Thunder. <laughs> Go on. And uh, so I moved here to, uh, to move in with my sister. She's a single mom. She's got two boys. So I came here from Oklahoma to, to help raise the boys. And uh, I've been coming to New Life with her for a couple weeks. And they had a life group launch, uh, I think, the second week I was living here. So I, was, I walked in literally by myself. I didn't know anybody. And um, it, it was the adult life group one, so I was just walking around. I, I really didn't find my place. And I saw an elevation table. And it was these two dudes laid back. I think they were wearing flannels t- like, tied, by, tied around their waist. Whoa, and their whoa, hats whoa. Backwards. No, no way someone tied flannel around their waist. Oh, yeah. There's no yeah. way. Is that it? I don't know. Okay. It's pretty crazy. It's cool. uh, so I walk up, and I'm like, hey, my name's Daniel. Uh, I know Elevation's for, for basically college people. And they were like, dude, no, I'm 24 years old. And I was like, what's your name? He was like, my name's Tyler Hill and Seth Tomboli. I'm like, oh, cool. So he's like, man, we have a life group launch just for Elevation on Wednesday. How about you come do it? So on Wednesday I came, and uh, I was just standing back there. Like I said, I didn't know anybody. I'm just new to town, and just standing there right before it was uh, starting, and this big burly dude just comes up, like trampling. He's like, how old are you? I was like, 25. He's like, you're in my life group. <laughs> Turns out Who was that, that big name, burly man? Uh, Andy Morris. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let him eat. So... Uh, that's how I got started in Elevation. Cool. It's Caitlin. Me again. Um, so I came here as a follower, which is so cool. Yeah. Um, I had friends that were coming, and I grew up in church, so I knew I needed to go to church. So my parents sent me off saying. Um, and so I knew I needed to be in church. I wasn't sure where I was going to go. There were all different groups to go to. Um, honestly, there was a different group I wanted to go to, but none of my friends were going to go. Um, so I decided to come to New Life, and I will continue my story in the next question. That's suspenseful. Good. We're moving along. Is this going good so far? Are you guys excited? Okay, great. We're not even, we haven't even got in there. Okay. Second question. So I want to know how y'all explain, okay, how did you first come for the first time, but how long or when, how and when, two-part question, did you finally get connected, whether it was a time period and, and how did you get connected for the first time when you started at FYP, Find Your Place? FYP. Um, it was probably missions night, I think. I came with a guy named Cole. I played football with him. And uh, it's something that was always on my heart. I always wanted to go on a mission. And uh, I saw an opportunity, but I didn't really say anything about it. And me and Cole, we both felt the same way, but we were walking out the door. And this crazy northerner named Courtney, like, grabbed yeah, us on. and was like, hey, where are you going? Come check it out. So we went over and we checked that out. And through just the trainings, getting to know people, getting to meet people, and then getting plugged into a life group, that's where I first felt connected. Wow. So yours was a mission trip, interest in a mission trip. You went to the mission meeting, 
got con- and what mission trip did you go on? Haiti. You went to Haiti. Okay. And so Taylor went to Haiti and then he got in a life group. And so it's just interesting. His first step was a, a mission trip. Miss Rachel. Well, my first step was a mission trip too, actually. Um, so, you know, I came in 2013, that fall semester and then winter break and all that. Well, February comes around and everyone knows the relationship series comes up and your girl wanted to go. So I came by myself and, <laughs> and then afterward, right there. afterward, an amazing girl, y'all know her, Sarah Upton, she came up to me and she and I knew each other from, uh, the Baird and exec we were on together. And so, and then we worked at the boys and girls club together. So anyway, she comes up to me and she was like, girl, what are you doing here? I'm so glad to see you, you know, who you with, all that. And I'm like, I came by myself. <laughs> but it was all good because I really knew I needed to be there. And thank God that I went that day because she took interest in me. And so that later that week, we went and had coffee and I just like poured out to her. And she just was, I mean, I'm so thankful that she just took that leap to come say hey to me. That was all it was. And uh, then she was just talking about like what we were doing over spring break and all that. And she was like, yeah, I'm going on this mission trip to Chicago with Elevation, yada, yada. Like not even, she didn't even ask me, but I was like, oh, a mission trip. I want to do that. That sounds fun. And I didn't have plans or anything. So it, it worked out perfect. And I went on the Chicago trip that year in 2014, uh, the real OG uh, Chicago trip. And, and then after that, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not hating. After that, um, she invited me to do serve team. So she just really like plugged me in to the, min- uh, the ministry here. And I, I was like, serve team, like, what is that? And I just started serving coffee, like didn't really think anything of it, but uh, it turned out to be much more than just serving coffee, you know? So that's kind of where I really felt like I found my place. And it's interesting for Rachel, because if you notice what she said earlier, she had came her freshman year and then didn't come for a couple years, and she saw somehow or heard somehow about a relationship here, and she came by herself. How many of y'all know that's hard to come to church by yourself? And she came, and then she had a friend who she lived or went to school with and invested in her, and then she just kind of took a leap of faith and, again, <laughs> went on a mission trip way more gutsy than me, but I just think that's really cool to note. I kind of forgot something, though. Go, go I, in there. And then, I mean, that was, that was the spring of 2014, and then, like, in the fall, I mean, even that whole semester, like that summer, I still didn't feel like I was totally in it, and so that fall at the stand is where I really like surrendered some things and I really just was like okay this is it I'm all in like right here and so it's really then where I felt like I had found like my home ministry and my home church so so cool so cool Daniel um I really found my place actually went it's a manly mm, okay yes sir listen okay Actually, my water's over there. So. Yes, sir. Sorry, sir. I'm good. I'm good. Sorry, sir. We'll get that for you. But uh, I actually uh, found my place uh, when I was at that life group, that first life group, the adult life group. I actually signed up for a connect team as well, a uh, connect group to uh, learn more about the vision of the, uh, I see you back there, Smallwood Sisters. They're part of my uh, connect group. <laughs> Woo! Sorry. <laughs> it's not an inside joke or anything. It's just a noise he made. Go ahead. But, uh. So I got connected with that, and also at that same uh, life group launch, I, uh, I signed up for 412 as well to, because my nephew was in the fifth grade, so I wanted to be uh, serving along with him so cool. to uh, just to be around him more because I just moved here, and I, hadn't, I really didn't have a chance to really connect with him. So signed up for 412. Uh, during the Connect class, I actually uh, got to meet Dr. Q, and... Uh, saw uh, his heart behind missions and uh, outreach in the community. So I signed up for, uh, for Dream Center that night, too, and I actually uh, experienced my first uh, selfie with Dr. Q, yeah. one of many. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, so that that's really when I first uh, found my place in in uh, in elevation in in new life. It is just when I st- started to sign up and starting to serve in uh, different ministries in the church. Sure. One th- one thing I'll say about that is. And young adulthood, guys, I know our ministry is predominantly college students, but we definitely have a lot of young adults in the room. It's just, there's, it's just a different season of life, college students. And, and so sometimes, not necessarily like you have all this free time, but your just life is so different. And some of your friends have moved away, and you kind of work this set job. And it's just interesting. Daniel just jumped in with two feet and was like, I'll serve here, and I'll serve here, and I'll serve here. And I know that's generally not the motto, but he'll tell in a little bit how God really met him in those decisions of just stepping out in faith. Ma'am, hello. Okay. Well, I'm different than everybody on this panel because I was in church for four years before I did anything. Um, I was the girl who, you know, most people party, leave, come back. I was partying and going to church. (laughs) And I was confessing on Sunday, partying on Friday. Elevation was on Sunday nights at one point, Wednesdays, Thursdays. So I, sorry, my voice is kind of going away, I feel like. I worshiped on some nights, and then I partied on others. And so I was, um, I didn't serve, really. Um, I was involved for four years. So I went to school spring of 2010, and the year semester that I got involved was fall 2014. So I've only been serving for three semesters. Um, And all it took was somebody asking me to come, hint, hint, Um, I was asked by Emily Honey, and she barely knew me, didn't know anything about me, but all she did was simply ask me to come. Um, She didn't pressure me. She didn't say what it really was about. She was just like, you should come. And so to me, that's what God asked us to do, is just to simply ask um, and be obedient. So I came. I joined events because Emily was on events, so I followed again. You see a pattern. Um, And I love events, and it was when Taylor Stokes was doing it, and she did so good. Um, But I learned a lot about serving, and so I had, like, popcorned through all different stuff here at the church. And so um, I, basically, that's how I got involved. That's how I found my place. Um, And, yeah, that's where I landed. I'm still there, but now I'm interning for the church, and that's even better. More stuff to learn from. Right, and it's so cool with your story. It's like, I think it just shows, and, and again, they're gonna talk more. I'm not trying to be spoiler alert of just, just the pursuit of God and the faithfulness of God. And, and not that there's anything wrong, guys, with attending a church or attending a ministry, but we always encourage people, whether it's our ministry or another ministry or another church, just to take root. Like, you're, you're not gonna get fully what God has for you in a season of life, whether it's one year or four years until you really start to take root. And it took her a couple years, which is okay, but now she's doing her thing. We're so proud of you. Okay, number three. This is, this is my favorite question. Um, I, I asked them before this to prepare this, but through our church and through our ministry, I just want to kind of, I want y'all to kind of share something that God's done in your life through finding your place. And, and let, me, let me say one quick thing, Elevation. By no means is, is it by New Life Church or by Elevation. We're just the avenue that happens. It's 100% the Lord. The Lord's the one who's done things in our lives. The Lord's the one who is faithful. The Lord that's moved on. So we're not idolizing our church, but we're thankful for a church that allows people to have opportunities to find your place. Can I get an amen? So I just got to preface that because we're not trying to bring glory to the four walls. We're trying to bring glory to the King of Kings, okay? So can y'all share a story, testimony, uh, something that God's done in your life since you found your place um, with everyone else? Yeah, I think the importance of biblical community for me has been what's been huge. Just going on a mission trip and being a part of a team of like 44 
I've been a part of a lot of teams just playing sports and just to be covered in prayer and to always have a guy that has your back, that's just been kind of relief off my chest and off my shoulders. That's been huge for me. Right, and you would say, Taylor, that's kind of translated into your life now because you were playing football the year before, before you went to Haiti and before you got connected, but what's kind of different now in the fall and now it's your senior season and, and what's that kind of look like now? Yeah, for sure. Um, I just think I have a desire just to, to know him more for sure for me, but um, that's what I guess, yeah. Right, <laughs> right, and, and Taylor's been sharing me, you just, you since you have like a different purpose on the team, right? Definitely, definitely gives me more confidence and just gives me more relief whenever I'm out there with those guys. Right, and you'll see Taylor in the foyer too, recruiting some people on the Connect team. I'm definitely proud of that, but it's just cool. It's got the guy that did work in him, and let me ask one more thing I'm picking on Taylor, because Taylor's just told me this before. Taylor, what in Haiti? Is there something specific in Haiti? I know you enjoyed the, the, the trip, and you talked about building community, but is there something that God spoke to you, did through you, or really opened your eyes to that? Kind of when you came home, it was changed? I think he gave me a vision for, like, the future for me specifically. I know I've played the game for a long time, but I just want to be able to impact people mm-hmm. and just touch people. And I was able to spend a lot of time with kids there and just to see the joy in their faces and their yeah. eyes. So just to be able to coach and teach in a way, that's my future. I can definitely tell. Come on. Come on. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Rach? Well, God has been a total 180 in my life. Uh, my sorority can vouch for that. They actually, it's funny, they gave me an award our senior year. We get like an award, and it was the 180 degree award, and it was, it's kind of inappropriate. It was uh, from Buckwild to Bible Thumper, and I was like so proud of that award because I was like, oh my gosh, these girls actually noticed Souls. the big change in my life. And so that was just like rewarding seeing that. Um, but man, like I told y'all, like I was a huge partier and I came and I was just kind of coming. I wasn't really fully into it, but it was the moment where I totally like surrendered to God and like gave up, like, cause Amir talked about leaving it at the altar at the stand last year. It was that moment where I really surrendered to him and I wanted to be all in. And so that was the fall last year. And then this past spring, I got the opportunity to intern with Kid Life and I just grew so much that semester. Um, I learned a whole lot. Y'all, I've been in church my whole life, but I didn't even know how to really pray to God. I didn't really have a relationship with him. And so I was really taught like how to read the Bible that year and um, everything just changed for me. I had, personally, I had to like take myself out of the old party scene away from those friends that I still love dearly, but um, it just felt like all I had in common with them was that we wanted to get drunk together. You know, we just wanted to go out together. And I didn't really have a community of friends that supported me and through everything, you know, and partially it was my fault because I didn't open up to these people. I, all I wanted to do was escape and go get drunk with them because I felt like that was fulfilling, but it was really just leaving me empty every time. And so after that, um, in the spring, you know, gave all that up to him and Man, God just showed up big time, you know, giving me opportunities to serve in Kid Life. And uh, now I'm on a leadership role there, you know, doing the Wednesday night Kid Life things there. And then um, went through interning. Um, and then now I got asked to be on the Connect team. I got to go to Haiti this year. Like, my life has just changed drastically, y'all. And it's all because one person went out and, and took interest in me, y'all. So um, just for any of you who feel discouraged or like you haven't found your place yet, just wait because it took me like two years to fully feel like this is my home, but it just takes one little step. Yeah, and what I love about Rachel's story is I think you gotta take note what she said. She said, there was a time in my life where I had to get away from that scene, away from my friends for me to get healthy, but I still love them. And sometimes we hear in church, 
hey, man, I got, I got to stop hanging out with these friends or I got to set up some boundaries here, whether it's relationally, whether it's my life. And, and, and sometimes we hear from stage, oh, we're not supposed to hang out with those friends or, oh, I'm not allowed to have a good time. But she said for her, she had to get out of that season and then she still loves them dearly and she spends time with them. And the second part that's really cool, she, one thing we pray as a, as a church, I do as a pastor for you guys and our leadership team, that there's something about middle school, high school, whether you grew up in church or like me, you didn't grow up in church, when you get to college and young adulthood, there's just a time where you have to make your faith your own. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Rachel's story, she said, hey, I grew up in church, I love the Lord, and I went back and forth, but it finally came to pass where I I had to make my walk with God mine. I I started praying and seeing God on my own. It wasn't my parents' faith, it wasn't my friends' faith, it wasn't the people in the room with these faith, I had to make my faith my own. And that's something we pray for you guys like crazy, because we know it's hard. It's a transition into college students, it's a transition to young adulthood, and I just think that's a really cool part of your story. Dan. Yeah. Um, my story basically starts even before I moved here. Uh, if some of y'all know, um, last year I actually went through a, a case of uh, cancer. I had lymphoma, and I went through chemo and radiation treatments last summer. So I've been in uh, remission for a little over a year now. So let's praise God about that. But... While I was doing those uh, treatments and uh, while I was in the hospital for almost two weeks and uh, when the doctor at first told me, like, we, we believe that this is cancer, like, my whole family was just around me, was just, like, devastated. But there was something inside me, I, and I can for sure say that it was the Holy Spirit actually saying, like, like, I have a plan for you. You will get through this. And I didn't say this out loud, but I was thinking, like, okay, let's go. Come on, God, let's do this. Let's, let's kick cancer's butt. And uh, I actually just went through uh, two rounds of chemo, and then I did another scan, and it was clean. Like, it, like two, months, two months into my treatment, and I was already clean. So all it took for me was just, just putting my full faith in God, like, like th- this is not my life. This is, my life is for you, and I will live my life for you. So um, he healed me of cancer. I finished my treatments in November, and I started looking for a job because I didn't have a I, I, like I was in Oklahoma City. I couldn't do I couldn't have a job, so I started looking for a job. I was living in Oklahoma City at the time, and uh, I, like I said, I had my sister that lives here, and I've always wanted to come and live with her and raise her boys. Like I said, she was a single mom, and uh, the reason that she was a single mom is her husband actually committed suicide four years before that, and so it's always been on my heart to to move here and to serve her and to serve my nephews. So they can have a uh, a positive male influence in their life. So the reason that I moved here was to start serving them. I didn't know about new life. I didn't know anything about uh, this church in Oklahoma City. I was actually in LiveChurch.tv uh, with Pastor Craig Rochelle. So it's, it was very similar to this. And so when I moved here, my sister's like, "Do you want to come to New Life?" So I was like, "Sure." And it was exactly the same as Life Church in Oklahoma City. So I really felt at home. Uh, people in the foyer uh, just just were open and, and were compassionate about me and asked my name, where am I from. They were really intentional uh, to me, so I really felt at home and really felt at peace. And then a couple weeks later, like I said, the life group launch, and I really didn't have any friends. And so I, I took a leap of faith by myself. I came in here by myself. But I knew that I was here to serve my sister, to serve my nephews, to serve God. And I knew that I wanted to get connected because I've never been connected before in a church. 
So I, I took that leap of faith. I was like, God, I'm going I'm to trust you in this. Uh, I didn't know I was going to serve in all these things. It started with serving in 412 and getting in a connect group, and it just led from there. I had a, I had a heart and a desire to serve God, to serve his church. I didn't know when I moved here that I was going to do that. But when you put your faith in God, he will be faithful to you as well. So when I moved here, like I said, I got connected in all these things. God really showed up because I have some of the best friends, only living here eight months, I have some of the best friends that I will ever have in this church because I took that leap of faith. I got into a life group. I started serving in this church, and God's like, I will be faithful to you. I, I, can't, I can't say it enough. God is faithful. He, he saved my life physically, and he saved my life spiritually. Like I, I kind of see cancer as a metaphor for sin. Like It always sneaks up on you. You never know that you have it until, until it's about to destroy you. And so kind of going on with that metaphor, with those cancer treatments, this actually just came to me, guys, like literally. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. It's, it's the Holy Spirit speaking in me. So, so going along with that, like these cancer treatments, uh, chemo and radiation, it kills that cancer inside of me so I could be healed. With, with sin, you have to be plugged into the church. You have to start reading his word. You have to start praying to him. And, and when you do that, you, you feel the Holy Spirit come into your heart and, and into your soul, and he heals you. God heals you when you sacrifice your life to him. So, so I believe that I found my place, not like you said, it's not new life, it's not elevation, it's just the church in general. Like, like, we are a church. This, this is just a building. We are the church. So when we, when we walk out the doors of this church, the church is coming with us. We are the face of the church. How we interact with people in the community, how we interact with people on social media, what we say, what we speak, how we, how we bring ourselves. I didn't think I was going to speak this song. How much time we got left? <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I left my cane in the back to pull you. Sorry, it's an old joke. Okay, but uh, uh, oops, comedian joke. Sorry, but with this desire, like I was saying, was serving in the church, just getting connected. I feel, uh, I feel God put on my heart to not just serve the church in inside these walls, but also outside. So I, I'm, I'm trying to find a way where, since I have been through cancer, since I've been in the hospital and had a disease. How to serve people in the hospital, who, people in the hospital who doesn't know God. How can I serve them so they can know them as their Lord and Savior? Because Jesus came, was in that hospital with me. He came into my heart that day and said, you will be saved. You will be free of this. How can I serve those people? So it, it, it's not just serving in this church and in this uh, ministry. It's how we can serve the community in our, in our state as well as like, that Arkansas that God sees, how can we better this state, this community, and this church? So I just felt uh, on my heart that it all starts with getting connected, getting, getting in a life group, getting in a connect group, in a serve group. Just start somewhere, and God will be faithful to you no matter where you go. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that's a good place to give God a hand. Hey, one, one thing I, I'll say to follow that, it's just cool that Daniel talks about literally getting the second chance in life. Um, and it's cool, that that's just kind of the redemption story of Christ, that when we're made new in Christ, when we say yes to Jesus and surrender our life to him, he gives us a new life in him, and, and, and he wants to do something in us and through us. I always tell y'all that God created you for a relationship first. 
but he also wants to do something in you and through you, and I think Daniel's a great example of that. Ms. Caitlin. I'm ready. Testimony. Okay. So, where do I begin? Okay, I'm just going to skip to a big part. So, all of us live, and I was living, thank goodness, and all of us are trying to find purpose. We want to know why we're here. We want God to lay it out, yellow brick road. Yeah, I want a dog to go with me down that road too. Wizard of Oz, okay. Um, and so basically, I didn't know my purpose yet. Um, God hadn't showed me. I knew I was supposed to have one, but I hadn't seen it yet. And so I used that as an excuse to live without purpose um, and just to live without intention. I didn't have intention in my dating life um, behind it. And I know that they say guys need all the intention, but girls, we need it too. Um, and I didn't have intention with my finances. I wasn't tithing. I was spending all my money on different stuff. I was broke. I was stressed. I didn't have intention with God. I had no desire to sit down and pray. Um, I had no desire to ask him for anything, to think big with him. Um, I didn't have any intention towards my family and my friends, and I was distant. Um, and I wouldn't call them up to tell them what was going on with me. I kept it to myself. I kept it from God, even though he knows everything. And after I got plugged in, after I saw this ministry and its heart behind it and the people behind it is when I finally saw and I heard God saying just over and over to me, like, Caitlin, I need you to be intentional in everything, even when you don't know what's happening. And he kept saying that to me. He kept just making it clear that I cannot live without intention, that it's harmful to anything that I do. And he showed me that he's never late in what he offers up to us and that he has it planned. He had it planned a long time ago. And to me, that's, that's like where my faith has to come in. That's where he asks us to be obedient. And him asking us to wait is for him asking us to be obedient and asking us to take a step back and look at it and say, okay, I can wait. And uh, everything that good is worth waiting for. So... I guess that's true. We'll figure out. I mean, everything's good for me. So, but to me, basically, that's just what he showed me was that I wasn't being intentional. I had no purpose behind what I was doing, how I was serving, and he asked for that. He needs that, and that's where we honor him in the way we serve is to have purpose behind it and to have intention. And so that's what I would say I was showing. I mean, there's tons of things God has done for me. I can make a list, but... Yeah, and then the power of prayer, too. I never saw it until um, I came to church and stuff. Um, if you've never seen people praying over you um, and speaking life into you, it works for sure. I mean, just like he was talking about with illness, with problems, with things that you're wishing for in the future, like be specific and tell your friends specifically what you need, what you want, and God answers, and he listens, and just because he doesn't answer on time and the exact minute that you need it, you better praise him for that, because there's a lot of things that I did not need, and he didn't answer, and thank goodness, so yeah, that's my story. I love that, I love that, and what I, what I love about her story is, 
you can just see God pursuing Caitlin all these years and, and what she just said. She had no intentionality in anything. She was just kind of going through the motions. And the moment she started getting intentional, the moment she had a friend reach out to her and she started to not only find her place but just simply be obedient. When God was putting something on her heart or, or something that she knew from years in the past, she just started saying, yes, God. And God started opening these doors and she started getting freedom. But she always started getting purpose. And purpose is the one thing she desired the whole time. But how many you know the God, the God of purpose wants a relationship first? And then he wants to give you purpose. And so I think that's really cool. Um, lightning round. This is, a, this is under 30 seconds. You're going to go. If someone was in this room or, or in the future listening to this podcast, and they're either on the fence about getting connected or they're connected some way, but, man, we really want them to take another step. What, would, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I think we talked about it a little bit a couple weeks back that Jesus is at the door and he's knocking. And all we have to do is we just have to take that first step. And we just have to open the door to him. And one way that can be is to get in a connect group or just to serve or join. Just join. That's good. Okay, mine's kind of similar. Um, but yeah, definitely getting plugged in. Uh, you have to be obedient, just like Caitlin was just talking about. Like, I didn't want this, honestly. Like, I was like loving the party scene and all that, but then I was empty, so I didn't really know what I wanted. But I had to be obedient. I felt God tugging on my heart, and I had to say yes to God and no to my desires. And so that was the biggest thing for me is realizing, like, that I'm not even here on this earth for me. It's all for God. And so I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for him. So just being obedient and saying yes and getting involved, like he says, where you'll start out and you'll, it'll just grow from there. Your fruit will just flourish so he- heavily. Uh, I know mine did here. So. That's good. Just um, piggybacking off uh, what they said. Piggyback. They, I don't know what that is. But I guess that's like a, a mission. like a little piggy gets on the, the back. They were doing that earlier. I was sorry. Like, what are you okay. Doing? Like, imagine a pig. Okay, just kidding. Okay, sorry. I just want to explain it really bad. No, but uh, like I was saying earlier, I, I took that leap of faith. So so if you're on the fence and, and you don't know if you, if you want to get connected or not in a live group or serve group, just take that leap of faith. Just, uh, just take that first step. And God, like I said, God will be faithful to you. Um, uh, Drew a blank real quick. Connected, uh, faithful. Next step, advice, lightning round. I'm just going to give it None of those buzzwords work. Sorry. <laughs> I was trying. Pressure. No, but like I said, just, just take that leap of faith. Uh, that's all I got. No. Okay, leap of faith. <laughs> you might find your wife, fellas. Just take that leap whoa, of faith. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Relationship series, three months away. Rela- three months away, guys. FYP. In- all right, lightning round. Going down. Okay, um... Oh, gosh. Advice you would give someone about getting connected or if they're kind of connected halfway, half an hour, what would you tell them to give them a little nudge? Oh, community. That's my word, community. I made a post on it on Instagram, so, you know, it's important. Um, Yeah, so if you want a home, if you want friends, evidently if you want a spouse, get connected. Um, You will not find the home aspect um, I'd, at least I didn't find mine until I was connected. I would walk in the door, I would come in, confess my sins, like I said, and I would leave, and I felt invisible. So if you feel that way, I would, ta- I would just say, be obedient, take the step, and join a life group, get to know people, or just go to serve team, because they, every time we end a serve team, they ask for new people, and we are expecting new people. Like, we are happy to have you. And so... Um, I just hope you know that we welcome y'all to come serve. Um, we, we want you to take that step. Take a big step. Yeah, and, and, and I'll say this. Gonna, we talk about just getting connected a lot and, 
And they're going to put up a little slide for me. You know, we started this new online connect card because we want to at any time you guys to be able to get connected. And, and it's just a simple way because we're the tech savvy generation. So you can just text Elevation 88000. I'm not plugging that on purpose, but I just want you all to know we're trying to make it as easy as possible for you guys to get connected. But let me say this. We, we love the vision of our, our pastors, Rick and Michelle. We love our ministry, but we're, we're not a perfect ministry. So I, I'm going to do my best to pastor you guys. Our leader's going to do our best, but there might be times we don't get you connected perfectly, or, or, or it might not be the best fit. We're going to find you a new one, but I just ask that you do your step, and we'll do ours. We pray for you every week in and week out, and we just want you to feel connected somewhere and that you have a church family. Um, can you give it up for this panel, guys? Come on. That's, that's big time, speaking in front of people. and That's huge. Well, we're about to end the night with our, our two guest speakers. Let me say a, a little thing from Pastor, a little note from Pastor. Next week, I've entitled it Elevation Jesus Week. Um, we're just going to call it what it is. Why, you might ask. Okay, so Wednesday's Collide Night. They already said it. It happens once a semester. Well, if, you, if you're new to Elevation, we used to be on Wednesday nights, so that would just be a Wednesday night. But since we have Elevation now, we're going to have Collide Night on Wednesday next week, and we're going to have service on Thursday, and then we're going to have the stand that weekend. Amir, are you asking me to come to church more than once? Well, maybe. Yeah, I mean, we can get crunk with Jesus. Am I forcing you? No, I'm not your dad or mom, and I don't even, I hope they don't force you to do anything. That was weird. But anyways, so, yes, there are a lot of things happen on the calendar. We're not, we're unashamed about it, but we're really excited. I, I want to talk about the stand, though, just real fast, because I know we've been announcing it for a couple weeks, but you still, if you're new, you've never been, you might not have any idea what that is. We take a fall retreat once a year, and we get away, and, and this is when the stand fell. We were trying to find some different dates, but this was the best day we can do it, so we locked it in. We know there's some other things going on. But we get away for the weekend. We're going to the, the giant city of Lonsdale, Arkansas, right outside Hot Springs. They have a post office, so you know they're doing big things. Uh, hello, stamp. Okay, so um, we're going there, and it's just a retreat. Let, let me explain you what happens at a retreat, like any retreat. We're going to go there, and we're going to have a service Friday night. We're going to hang out. We're going to have service. We're going to have worship like we had it here. Um, it'll be a little different, though, because it's a retreat. And then we're going to have a campus pastor. We're actually going to have our Cabot campus pastor come speak to us, James Bennett. So you might want to get excited about that. Um, then, and then we're going to kick it at night. We're going to wake up, eat breakfast, because that's what we do as human beings and, and Americans in every other country. Sorry, I don't know why I said Americans, but that's what we do. And so we're going to eat breakfast, and then we're going to have like a, a Devo in the morning, and then we're going to give you time to hang out with God. And then we have breakout sessions. We bring in pastors from our church to equip y'all and teach y'all in these about 50-minute breakout sessions. We have lunch. We have another breakout session. Then we have a competition. We call them the standoff games are going to be put in teams. We're going to battle. People are going to not bleed. They're going to be healthy and safe, but we're going to battle, and people are going to win. People are going to lose, but there's no crying in basketball. I don't know what the phrase is, and so uh, that's going to happen. We're going to have dinner, break time, and then we have this tradition called the standoff dance-off, um, if you've ever been to the stand, and we get it. We have a dance party, and so we have a competition. Uh, bring it on 2.0. This is way better than bring it on or, or America's best dance crew. And then we have another service. And, and I'm going to speak that night. And we're going to have worship. And we're going to seek God again. We're going to get in the word. We're going to wake up, have a devo. And we're going to come back to NLC Conway. And we're going to come to church here, 1115. There's going to be a baptismal tank if someone wants to make a decision to get, go public with their faith. That's the retreat. Cost costs $50, because that costs two days of lodging, your food and a shirt. We're actually losing money on it. It actually costs $53, but we're, I'm just be the real pastor, but we're charging you 50 So if you're like, what does this cost? That's what it costs. But beside all that, if money's an issue, please don't let it be an issue. I know we say that a lot. I know money's a hard thing to talk about. But if you knew, like, there's not, let, let me just be really frank. There's nothing super special about the stand. That kind of sounds crazy. I just said that. But there's a lot of things that are special about getting away and seeking God for more than an hour. 
Is there anything wrong with coming to elevation? No. Is there anything wrong with Sunday service? No. Is there anything wrong with seeking God at your home or wherever you do it? No, no, no. But when you do it for a whole weekend, just like if you've ever been on a mission trip or anything like that, God, God says, when you draw near to me, I'm going to draw near to you. When you seek me with all your heart, you're going to find me. When you do that for a whole weekend, God always shows up. And if you come with some expectation, God says that I'm going to do exceedingly abundantly more than you ask or imagine. So then when you come to a retreat with some expectation, God moves in your life in a real way. That's why I want you to come to this stand. I don't know other way to say it. Now, if you've never been before, I get it. it raise your hand if you've been to the stand before. These people can tell you, you people with your hands raised, you got to help us out. But if you have a free weekend and money's not going to be an issue, I just challenge you, encourage you, come to the stand. We're going to have fun. We're going to get you connected. If you're already in a life group or serve group, we're going to keep you with your people. Um, but it, it's arguably, outside of life group launch, the most important thing we do as a ministry. We only do it once a year. I just wanted you to hear my heart from a pastor because I, some of y'all, I think, just need a weekend from God. I think some of y'all need to get out of your routine, out of your schedule. I think some of y'all need to get away from your phones because there's not much service out there. Um, college football will be there. People will win. We'll pray that every team. Last year we went, guys, and the Bears won, and Arkansas beat LSU when we went to the stand in Jesus' name. So don't be mad at me when we go to the stand because God provides that people will be doing work, okay? So they're going to win, I promise, because we're seeking Jesus. It's a, it's, a, it's a fact. I'll call the coaches. It's great, I promise. So Taylor, Taylor's going to be good and healthy by then. We're praying over the shoulder, and he's going to throw touchdowns. Okay. So it's Jesus Week. You can sign up for it this weekend. We're going to have other campuses there, other elevations there. It's going to be amazing. Um, but we're really excited about that. I just wanted you all to hear my heart about that. You can sign up tonight. You can sign up next week at Clyde Night. There's some rave cards in your seat under your tush. That's a slang word for your butt. Um, it's under you. So you can take that home with you. If you've already signed up, you can, you can give that to a friend. So anyone have any questions about the stand? There's a Connect team. Leaders will be out in the foyer. The other thing is Clyde Night. If you've never been to Clyde Conference it's just something we do from seventh graders to young adults. We have a conference here. We get crunk for Jesus in August. Well, we do a, a night of that one semester. And we actually have a recap video we're going to show you for those of you who have never been. Here's a recap video of Collide Conference, and then we're going to come finish this night up. Hop. Confidence always leads back to Christ, and it always leads to loving others. I'm going to become everything that God has called me to be. Come on, somebody. He is the author and the perfecter of your faith. He who began a good work in you shall be faithful. That was a minion that you saw on stage right there, if you're wondering, because we get crunk on there. So all that in one night, that's next Wednesday. Who's ever been to Clyde? Who's ever been to Clyde night? Scream if you're excited. Oh, my God. Okay. This is how we're going to end. I know you've been sitting here. You're so awesome. This is what we're going to do. You're going to hear from two of our leaders. Their names are Andy Morris and Shun Ingram. And so they, they have sought God. They have prepared a word for God. They're going to basically preach at you. This is the heart of Young Guns, the leader version. I'm speeding up because you better get excited because this is going to be crazy because I've heard them speak, and it's going to be really good. They're going to speak for about under 10 minutes, 
and they're just gonna go hard. And I just pray that you be engaged, you have fun with them, but this is their first time to preach. And so this is, a, this is just a cool moment. Um, Andy's been a leader for eight years in our ministry. He's been the epitome of faithfulness to our church and to our ministry, and so I don't know who better you can hear from. And Sean Ingram got more swag than I can ever dream of, and I love him a lot. He leads a life group. He's an intern uh, with Pastor Rick. Hello. <laughs> Wrap your mind around that. Must be doing something right if you're an intern with Pastor Rick. <laughs> okay, so I love them a lot. Do me a favor, Elevation. Can we get a slow clap going for Andy Morris to get up here? Come on. Give it up for Andy Morris. Come on now. We would like to say to Andy, let the big dog eat. So if you want to do this while he's preaching, go ahead. Come on, baby. Let the big dog eat. Let's go. Come on, Elevation. How y'all doing tonight? Come on. All right. Hey, we're going to go fast. Like, like we're about to go through this. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, we're going to go like Ricky Bobby. I know we got, I know we got some Talladega Night fans in here. Uh, but before we get into this, uh, I'm going to have you guys do me a favor. Uh, whether you got your phone or your Bible or, or whatever, I just want you guys to look up a couple scriptures for me. All right? We're getting right in the Word. We're going to be in it. We're going to be in it. Uh, Mark chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. You can write it down. You may have some notes on your, on your seat right there. And then we're going to be in Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. All right? Um, like Amir said, um, I, I've been around here for eight years now, uh, coming up on eight years, and, and what this place means to me, it's really special. You hear all these stories about these people getting connected up here. New Life Church, y'all, is where I gave my life to the Lord. It's the place where I came to know Jesus, the person that's going to get me into heaven. So um, it means a lot to me. And then Elevation is the first place that I actually learned how to serve somebody in a biblical way. I got plugged into a biblical community. So to say this place has a special place, like, like in my heart, is, it's probably an understatement. So if you guys got that scripture, I want you to check this out. In Mark chapter 2, verse 21, just to give you like a little heads up right here, this is Jesus speaking. Uh, so we should probably take note. When I, take note, whenever it's in red letters, he means business. So um, Mark chapter 2, verse 21. No one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment. Otherwise, the new piece will pull away from the old, making the tear worse. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins, otherwise the wine will burst the skins, and both the wine and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins. Okay, you guys see me raising my hand right here. I have a confession, and I'm going to see who else is going to be honest in church tonight. How many of y'all have like an old shirt or an old pair of pants or like an old pair of shorts you just can't let go of? Like you've had these things for like, like 10 years, okay? So growing up, I had this, this pair of pants whenever I was in high school that I, like, I, I literally, I don't know how they had held together. So um, my mom had patched these things up. I swear, there was probably like 30 holes in them. It, it, was getting, it was getting way out of hand. But one day I came home from school, and I was like, I don't know. I was going outside to, to, to work or something like that. And, and I asked my mom, like, hey, mom, where's, where's the pants? You know, and, and she said, <laughs> it, it, like, caught, caught her off guard because she didn't, she didn't think I was going to ask for them. But I asked her, I'm like, hey, where's the pants at? And, like, she knew the pants I was talking about because I only wore, like, one pair of pants. You know, that's why they had so many holes in them. So, anyway, her response to me is what really, really got me. It's the thing that caught me off guard. She said, I'm sorry, I had to throw them away. And I was like, good Lord, this woman is out of her mind. What is wrong with my mother? There's a demon inside of her. Like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, well, Mom, why, like, why did you throw these pants away? Like, it, they were special to me. And her response to that is what really got me off. She said, I put too many patches on them. I'd ran out of places to patch. So she had to throw them away. But the crazy thing, y'all, is, is in our very own lives, 
we may have like a stronghold in our life or we may have struggles or we may have temptation in our life. And oftentimes we'll take and we'll try and put a patch on it whenever we need to actually replace it. You know what I'm saying? Like we'll, we'll try and patch it so long until eventually it's worthless and we're going to have to throw it away. But the good news in like all of that is that Jesus Christ is available to us and he, he's ready to replace some patches that we have in our life. Amen? So that, that reminds me of a story. Um, so for, for like 16 months of my life, I lived in North Little Rock, Arkansas. And we got any wildcats in here? Come on, we got a few wildcats in here. Uh, my roommate and I thought for some god-awful reason that it would be cool to live in this, this yellow single-wide mobile home. I think we may have a picture of it. Do we have a picture of that? Oh, good Lord, I please, please, I hope they have it. Yes. <laughs> this thing is amazing. Actually, it wasn't at all. So <laughs> this thing, it's as bad on the inside as it looks on the outside. So, like, you, you can get a good picture of that. You can take, please, get that out of there. That was a bad time in my life. Get that out of there. <laughs> so you can imagine, looking at this stuff on the outside right here, how bad the inside would be. So one day I'm sitting there, I'm watching TV, and I hear this horrible sound. It's like a, like a hissing sound. And I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know what this is. So, so I went in my room, and I had a bathroom in, like, in my bedroom. And, and I walk in there, and, y'all, water is just shooting everywhere. Like I'm talking, like it's spraying the walls, it's on the counters, it's going in the sink. I look down, and, like, there's like two inches of water in the bottom of my bathroom. I'm talking, it's getting out of hand. The animals are lining up two by two. Like I'm looking for a life jacket. You know, I'm calling the Coast Guard. So, like, I, I've literally, I've lost my mind. I don't know what to do. So, finally, I get all my thoughts collected, and I realize, like, Andy, you got to get this thing turned off. Like, it, like this is going to sink your house because, like, it, it don't float. I promise you that. <laughs> so, I realize that, like, i got to get this thing shut off. So I shut it down, and, and there's this little copper pipe behind the toilet there, and, and it had sprung a leak. There's a little bitty pinhole leak, and I did what any, like, really manly man would do. Um, I went and I bought some Flex Seal. Does anybody know what Flex Seal is? If you don't know what it is, let me show it to you. I think we have a picture of this also. I want you to look right there at the very top, the very top of this thing. It says stops, leaks fast. Let me be the first to tell you, that's a bunch of you-know-what. Like it's, that's like, it, like it does not stop, it does not stop them fast. I promise you that. As soon as I sprayed it on there and I turned the water back on, like it starts spraying me. Like I'm, I'm out of my ever loving mind. Like I don't know what's going on. And so that's terrible. Don't ever buy any. <laughs> so I realized real quick, like this isn't going to work. I got to do something about it. So I tried probably, y'all, I probably tried like eight or 10 different things to get this leak stopped. All to realize at the very end of it, the, the only way to get this leak to stop was to replace it. No patches were ever going to work on this. And oftentimes in our lives, we try to put a flex seal, stop leaks fast kind of fix on our lives. When the only way that we're going to, the only way that we're going to make it through is by letting Jesus put a permanent and eternal fix in our lives. Amen. So I want you guys to check out the scripture. The, the second one I told you to look at. Colossians 1, 16 and verse 17. I think we have it on the screen if you don't have your Bibles with you. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and all things hold together. Yeah, guys, I want you to pick up on verse 17 right there. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Elevation, I feel like we're at a point in our lives where we need to be putting Jesus before a lot of different things in our lives and letting him hold us together. You know what I'm saying? You know, 
Like, we, we need to realize this. This is something that, that I, I've just learned recently in my life. That God is working so much more on his welcome home speech than you've been working on your I'm sorry speech. I guarantee you that. So if you have guilt, he wants to give you happiness, all right? If you're hurting, he wants to bring you healing. If you're broken, he wants to bring you restoration. If you're addicted, he wants to bring you freedom. If you're sick, he wants to make you well. If you're worried, he wants to bring you comfort. And I know there's a lot of people in here that, that you're probably like me, and you, you, these words like mean something to you, and, and, and they weigh on you a little bit. Um, but, but you're like, hey, this sounds great. Like, check. Like, count me in on this. Like, I, I need Jesus in my life. I understand that. But, like, what's that look practically, look like practically for me? And so I want you guys to know that for, for me and, and maybe some of y'all in here, it's maybe getting real with God for the first time in a very long time, possibly ever. Maybe it's saying, God, I'm really, really sorry for, for not including you in my life. Or, or, God, I know I haven't let you in, and I apologize for that. Or some of you, like, or some of us, like, we may have even tried this before. And we're like, man, this isn't working. This isn't working. I need something else. Okay, let me answer that for you. You need to find somebody in your life, a friend or somebody you look, look up to, and let them know what you're dealing with. You need to let them know that something's going on in your life. Because it says in James 5.16 that whenever we confess our sins to one another, that we're not only forgiven, we get a bonus here. We're healed. We're healed from these things. But here, here's, here's the kicker of all this. We're either going to let him be Lord of all, or we're not going to let him be Lord at all. Remember that. So and I'm not saying these things, y'all. Like, I'm not saying these to, to pick at anybody or to, to try and condemn anybody. Like, I'm saying these from a, from a place of experience, from a place where, where oftentimes, like, I may even still, you know, struggle with this. Or, or, or I'm, I may not give God every area of my life. I'm saying these things to encourage you that there is a way out. So what I, I, was, I was prepping for this earlier, you know, this week, and, and I wrote this down. I'm just going to read it off to you. Jesus wants to be the replacement for the things I've been trying to repair. Let me say it again. Jesus wants to be the replacement for the things that I have been trying to repair. Elevation, I just want you guys to know that I love you guys a lot. Um, some of you guys may not even know that. I may not even know some of y'all. Uh, but what this place means to me is, like, like I, I, I owe a lot of my life to this place. And this afternoon, as, as I was praying for for, for this message, for, for myself. But as I was praying for the people of this, God reminded me of, of, you know, Amir said I've been here for eight years. God reminded me of how many people's lives I've been able to see change through this, you know, and, and through Jesus doing a work in their lives. And I just want to let you guys know that, you know, it's, it, it's such a special place. And, and God, God can do some crazy awesome stuff in your life. So I just want to thank you guys for just letting me share with you for just a few minutes. But before I go, um, I need a big favor from you guys. I need you guys to give me a huge elevation welcome for my bro, Sean Ingram. Come on, bro. Hey, what's up, guys? Go ahead and give it up for Andy bringing that fire right there. That's awesome. Like Andy said, my name is Sean Ingram. I get the amazing opportunity to lead a life group here within Elevation, my dog pound. I know I got some bros out there. Um, I, I love these guys. 
Guys, as you can see, I don't have a good dog bark, but we're working on it. Um, but I love getting to lead in elevation. I love the Word of God and being able to teach it and learn with my guys has just been awesome, an awesome experience for me. Um, I also want to give honor to Pastor Amir. Guys, I wish you could see his heart and how much he's praying for you, thinking about you, and doing all the things to go and intercede on your behalf to God because he really loves this ministry, and he does a great job at leading it. So I must give honor to him and say thank you, Amir. Um, I want you guys to go ahead and turn to Luke 15. That's where we're going to be coming from. Um, this is the prodigal, prodigal son story, so go ahead and flip there. While you're flipping there, I just want to give you guys some background. We know that Jesus talked in parables, and so when he was talking to um, tax collectors, sinners, teachers, whoever it was, he was just going to talk in a parable because sometimes they didn't understand. So sometimes Jesus would get a little confusing, but these stories made it more clear. Well, the prodigal son, we know that there's two sons. One was completely obedient to his father, did everything his father told him to. And then we have one son who said, hey, dad, give me my inheritance. I'm going to go off and do what I want to do. Well, we know that he ends up, he ends up squandering all of, all of his inheritance. He becomes field help, and he's sitting down with swines and, and wanting to eat their food. Um, that's where we pick up in this story. So starting with verse 20. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against, against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for this, for this son of mine is, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, so they began to celebrate. Elevation, my main point for you all tonight is that making, trying to get to God, all you have to do is realize that it all starts with one step to turn towards God. Guys, this has got to be one of my most favorite parables in the Bible, and I think it's because of verse 20 where it says, but while he was still a long way off, his father saw him, was filled with compassion, and ran to him. Many of us think that the prodigal son's life might have gotten back on track the moment where his father placed that robe on him and gave him all these gifts. But to me, I think the prodigal son's life really got back on track when he was down there with those swine and he decided, hey, from this moment up, I'm going to get up and I'm going to return to my father's house. I'm going to take that step and I'm going to go there. It's interesting to point out, though, that, that the father in this story ran. And it was, it was interesting when I was reading this because Men of this culture, oh, there's my notes. <laughs> Men of this culture didn't run for anything. They didn't wait. They didn't run. It just wasn't like them to do such a thing. Well, I think Jesus is just showing us that he's countercultural. He's nothing like culture. He's, he's willing to run and wait and come to and see us and come see about us. Let's just say, if we were comparing these guys to men of today, if that culture was still there, let's just say these men wouldn't be standing in line. They're like, oh, my gosh, my pumpkin spice latte at Starbucks, two shots of espresso. Oh, I really want it. It tastes so good. I can't wait to get it. Um, let's just say they wouldn't be running and training for a 5K. That's just something you just wouldn't see these guys doing because they didn't run for anything. And I just always imagine these guys just just trying to train and run, and, and they're in these long robes and in these sandals, and I think we might even have a picture of what these guys might even look like. Um, that's not it. That might be something that I'll wear, maybe, run and train in, because you know I got to stay fly. I got to have that swag like Amir talked about, <laughs> um, but imagine trying to run in these. Imagine the blisters and all that that's on your feet. You're running. Your feet are getting dirty and all this kind of stuff. I wouldn't be caught dead wearing any of this stuff like this, but. <laughs> 
I'm just saying, got to be honest, be real. <laughs> but, however, I think Jesus is painting a beautiful picture here for us. And, guys, I don't want us to miss this. Although, although culture is saying, hey, hey, I'm... I, I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to run. Jesus is saying, I want to run to run to you. I want to come to you. I want to wait for you to turn around and make that step towards me. I want to be there for you. And guys, if you take another point from tonight, just realize that God is watching and waiting for you to turn around. And he celebrates and applauds every step that you make towards him. Guys, once we make that one step, God is going to do the rest. You see, the devil might be attacking you from every side, attacking you from every angle. He's coming into your life and saying, you're nothing. You're worthless. I don't, your family doesn't care about you. School is too hard for you. Work up. That's too stressful. But let me tell you, God is constantly pursuing you. He's chasing after you. He wants to come get you wherever you are. No matter the dark places of your life, God is running and chasing and wants to get to you. And guys, let me tell you how I know this. Many times we think that in order to get to the things that God has for us, we have to meet him halfway. Oh, God, I have some work to do before I can turn around and come to you. I have to meet you at that halfway point. But I just believe that God is saying in this story that, that, that it doesn't matter if you're halfway or not. All it takes is one step. Because let me tell you, the, the, the scripture says, while he was still a long way off. While he was still a long way off. It didn't say he met him halfway. It said while he was still a long way off. So if you take that one step towards God, let me tell you, God is going to make the 99. He's going to come for you no matter how far you're going, no matter how far you're away. He sees you in the distance. Once you turn around, you'll see him running to you because he wants to rescue you and he wants to save you. Guys, I also want you to notice that, that the father didn't say, I'm dishonored with you. You, you, you've made me mad. No, you cannot come back into my home. No, I do not want you. No, he hugged him and he kissed him and he had compassion. He gave him the best robe. He gave him a ring. Girls are like, hello, I need that ring. He, <laughs> he gave him sandals and he killed the fattened calf. Guys, God loves to give the best gifts to his children. Matthew 7, 11 says how part of that scripture says how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? Some of you might be thinking, well, Sean, I don't know how to like take that one step or I don't even know what that one step is. Some of you are saying, hey, I'm new to this whole Christian thing. So so what's my one step? Well, maybe your one step is getting plugged into a life group or sitting down with the leader and saying, hey, can you help me and walk me through this? Some of you might be saying that, hey, I've known who God was, but now I'm disconnected. I ran from him. Your next step might, might just be waking up 15 minutes earlier every morning, praying and getting into his word and seeking God for yourself. Or maybe you're, you're saying work and school is just too stressful. I don't want to deal with that. People are mean. Well, maybe your next step is just to be an encouragement and be the light that God has called you to be in the workplace and at school. Or here's a tough one. Maybe in your relationships, things have gotten unhealthy. You've taken it to places where you didn't want to go. Well, maybe it's sitting down and setting some boundaries for yourself. Guys, I can't necessarily tell you what your next step will be. You have to go to God and and have him reveal that to you. Guys, the story of the prodigal son means so much to me because I think about a story with my dad. When when I went on my very first mission trip, these the people that were on the panel were talking about going to Haiti. Two years ago, I got the chance to go to Haiti for the very first time, and, and I remember telling my, my parents that, hey, it's out of the country, and they're like, no, you're not going. And I was like, but I feel like God is, God is calling me to go, and they're still like, no, I, it's, it's too dangerous. All this kind of stuff was coming, coming in their minds, and I was like, but I know that God is telling me that I need to be here. 
And so I decided to go against their wishes, and I'm like, I know God wants to speak and do things in my life here in ha- there in Haiti. Well, I went against their wishes, and, and the whole time I'm in Haiti, I'm just thinking about how, how when I return, my dad's going to be my dad's going to be mad and he's going to be angry. He's going to he's going to probably argue and do all these kind of things and I'm just saying he's going to be so upset when I return home. Well, long story short, the trip gets over and I remember getting in my car driving back home and I pull in the driveway. My dad's outside, he's washing the vehicle. My dad loved to wash vehicles. If you you'll probably catch him all the time washing our vehicles, but <laughs> But he was washing the vehicle, and I step, out of, I step out of the car, and I'm just waiting for him to rail off on me. I'm just waiting him to say, you disappointed me. How dare you go against my wishes? That is not what my dad did. He goes, son, I love you, and I'm proud of you, and I'm, I'm thankful that you listened to God, and you made this decision for yourself. Guys, God is not going to say that I'm angry with you when you turn around and make that step. He's not going to say, you disappointed me. Why are you so far off? Actually, it's the complete opposite. God knows that you're a long ways off, and still, when you turn around, he'll run to you. Guys, if you take anything from tonight, I just want you to know that it just starts with one step. It just starts with getting your heart prepared to just turn around and meet God because he's running and he wants to run up to you and love on you and have compassion for you. Guys, that's what the story of the prodigal son is. It's a story of repentance and redemption. God gave us the best gift he could ever possibly give, and that's salvation. Once we decided to turn our lives around and say, God, I want to follow you. I want to give my life to you. I want to make that step towards you. That's when he said, hey, here's salvation. One day we're going to be standing before the holy king, and we're going to be able to say, God, I'm glad I made that step. So, guys, if you take anything Wherever you are in your life, whatever, whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're going through, all it takes is just turning around and making that one step. Let me pray for you all.